You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Also, make sure you're downloading or I should say subscribing to YouTube where you can watch myself and George each and every week as well. All right, George. So let's talk about these seven candidates that we believe, let's just call them finalists, right? I mean, I don't think at this point, as we're recording on Tuesday afternoon, it seems like anyone else is going to be in the mix here or added to it. But the seven coaches that are at least currently as we're recording that will have second interviews, we can, I think, fairly say called finalists. Shane Sykin, Eagles offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, Bengals offensive coordinator, Hero Evero, Broncos defensive coordinator, Rich Basaccia who was a special teams coordinator for the Packers this year, but intern for the Raiders last year, helped get into the playoffs. Giants, D.C. Wink, Martindale, Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator, and obviously, as we know, Jeff Saturday. So last week, we gave you our top five finalists. How about this week, George? We gave you eight predictions. So out of the seven names that we just listed that are the finalists for the coach, uh, Colts head coaching job, which one will you say right now will be the next Colts head coach? With with. Utmost confidence. I mean, yes, almost of as confidence <laughs> as, as the, the picks I made during the season where we won like four games. Uh, did we get that many right? I don't, I don't even know. Not our four. I know we definitely did not get a game which we picked the Colts to win right. I think that's for sure. Yeah, that's and, absolutely did yeah. happen. The four um, wins they got, we all picked against them. I know you won as far as the picks go because the only difference we had was Houston in, in week 17. That's right. You picked the Texans right. and I picked the Colts to try to get one win right. Along with them, so I know you had more than me, but well, it's not saying much because we are yeah our track record <laughs> of picks is outstanding. <laughs> so with that in mind, with this with this great resume behind me, I'm gonna go with Raheem Morris, and I think I'm gonna go a little bit further. I, not only am I gonna go with Raheem Morris, I think Evero might be his defensive coordinator. They have a history together. They were together on that Rams Super Bowl staff. Um, I think it's the kind of thing the Colts want to do. You know, there's been a lot of talk during this process. The little bit that's gotten out, one of the big, you know, consistent things, even from national, local, uh, you know, I I think people on the the street at the cigar bar that that, that we're talking to Reggie Wayne are even talking about this. (laughs) You know, the staff has been such a major, major focus in all this, such a major factor. Uh, and so I think, you know, the ability to bring on a defense coordinator like Evero, I think could, could really be one of the things that swings it into Morris's is, you know, into his uh, favor. So, again, I say that with all the confidence behind me of, of all the picks I've gotten right this year, but that I'm going to go with Morris. I like how you reference Reggie Wayne's t- tweet watching the games. That was an excellent moment on that Twitter. Is- you know what they always say? Like, if you have nothing new to say, sometimes you got to say it louder. That's either one of those instances where if you are <laughs> proclaiming to a cigar bar, nobody knows more football than me, wherever Reggie Wayne quoted the guy saying, like, come on. <laughs> First of all, who cares? Second of all, get a clue. Look around the room. Just take a quick peek. Know, know your audience. <laughs> it's unbelievable. 
<laughs> Unbelievable. But nonetheless, we digress. Uh, I'll get into you. I like the Raheem Morris thing is interesting. I liked one thing you said. We'll give you my pick first. I'm going to go Brian Callahan. I think that's the guy that's eventually going to be the Colts head coach for a few reasons. Number one, I think now you're seeing a trend where offensive-minded head coaches are in vogue. The NFL is a copycat league. You see the position the Bengals were in a few years ago. He got there a year before they got Joe Burrow, but still, that was a team that was in transition. They end up drafting Joe Burrow number one. He and Zach Taylor helped work with Joe Burrow and obviously develop him. Not that they need a lot of development, but still help him get him to the place where he is today, reaching Super Bowl, and now going into the AFC or two AFC title games in his first two years as a full-time starter. When we look at the Colts, they're going to obviously be picking a quarterback, whether it's at number four, at number three, at number one. And you want to help, obviously, help develop that guy. And again, you want an offensive minded head coach because you don't have to worry about him leaving. Whereas if you do go Raheem Morris and he hires a great offensive coordinator, well, there's a chance in a year or two he's gone somewhere else. And now you're scrambling and trying to, you know, figure that out. So I think that trend is going to help kind of push the Colts to an offensive minded gear. Obviously, the Peyton Manning connection also helps as well when it comes to Jim Mercy and kind of, you know, going towards his preferences of kind of sticking in the family, if you will. And, and that sort of sense of kind of keeping it close to, to people he knows very well. So I'll go Brian Callahan. Uh, I think the, the Bengals offense the last two years has been tremendous. Even though he's not the play caller, we've seen other guys have success as a non-play caller going from an offensive coordinator to head coach. I will go Brian Callahan. The one thing I like that you said though, George, when it comes to Raheem Morris is this, if it is Raheem Morris as the next Colts head coach, I like the fact of your idea of having Evero come in and be DC because I do, especially when it comes to defensive mind head coaches, I do like when you are not the coordinator. I think it's easy. Offensive defense, too, I think this is the case on both sides, or whatever kind of side of the ball you come from, is to gravitate towards that side. So Raheem Morris being a defensive mind coach, I think it's easy if he was the D.C. to kind of spend a lot of his time on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, as we know, offense is very important. But also, too, when you have a young quarterback, you want to devote a lot of resources to developing him and kind of getting him sped along. So I think it's important that if it is Raheem Morris, I like your suggestion of hiring a defensive coordinator. Obviously, you'd assume they'll, they'll be working closely together, but kind of taking something off Raheem Morris's plate to allow him to kind of take on more of a CEO role to make sure both sides of the ball are developing at a pace and at a speed in which you like. Yeah, and you know, one of the things about Raheem, too, he coached, I think, wide receivers uh, with the Bucks for a little while. He, he's been on the offensive side, too, not extensively, clearly not anywhere near to the level that he's been on the defensive side. He's not been a coordinator, obviously, on the offensive side, but he's also not completely uh, ignorant of it. You know, it, it wouldn't be the first time he's been in an offensive meeting room, for instance. Um, so I think that, plus his previous head coaching experience, so he's been down that road, you know, where he's had to oversee the whole team before, too. Um, I think those are elements that, that really factor for him. The other big one for him, I think, is his personality. You know, he, he seems to be a guy who who draws people to him. People gravitate toward him. That could be big when you're looking at free agency. If anybody looks at what happened this year and has questions about, you know, how did they, they go from being predicted to, to potentially contend for a Super Bowl to winning four games um, and, you know, what's going on over there? What's that circus like? If you've got Raheem Morris out front, Maybe that calms some of those fears. Maybe you're able to get a couple guys who might otherwise not be interested. Um, but at the same time, you can make similar cases for for Callian. I think his experience with the offensive line, obviously, you know, his dad um, is is maybe the preeminent offensive line coach right now uh, in the NFL. Certainly one of the highest paid after his new deal with the Browns. Um, and Bill was with the Raiders with with John Gruden for years. I think that's where he made his name. Took over for Gruden there. Um, was able to, you know, take that team to the Super Bowl. Um, and just, I, I think the, the things that Brian grew up around 
are really it's sort of like a Peyton Manning or an Andrew Luck where they kind of grew up knowing how to be a quarterback and you feel like Brian grew up knowing how to be a coach, you know, because he'd seen all that. Uh, but it, particularly with with the needs here on the offensive line, not that Brian Callahan is going to be the offensive line coach, but obviously he understands things. The Bengals have had to do a lot of really creative things to kind of cover for not having three starters in this postseason. Uh, and some of that's getting rid of the ball faster. Some of it's the routes, things like that, that I think Brian Callahan probably has a grasp of that not every coach in this cycle necessarily has that would be particularly important given the situation here in Indy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And obviously, like I said, the injuries really kind of came into, we saw it on Sunday night against the Chiefs with Chris Jones basically living in the backfield. Um, and obviously, like I said, injuries there. And even last year, and they went to the Super Bowl, the big thing was for the Bengals was, oh, their offensive line's not very good. Joe Burrow's the most sacked quarterback. I think it's important to also remember, they got to a Super Bowl and an AFC title game two years in a row where the offensive line, let's say, maybe was not up to stuff or one of the best in the league. So he also knows, like I said, has a background offensive line playing but also knows how to design an offense that can be successful when the pieces on the offensive line either are not there, like injuries like we saw, or just aren't playing up to snuff like we saw for the Colts this year. So you're right. That's another thing that I think is really important is he was able to have success and help design an offense around the fact that the offensive line was nowhere near playing at the level it should have been, which, again, when you saw how the Colts played this year, that is also I think a big factor where if – Again, I think they are. They will be better next year than they were this year. Just I don't think. Again, some of these guys have forgotten how to play football. But if the change is not exponentially great next year, and it's just a slow build, you still have a head coach of Brian Callahan that can design plays for whatever rookie quarterback is in that will not get him killed. They could still have success despite the fact the offense line is taking. Let's say it's a slower build or slower to, you know, develop and and, and build cohesion than you would like. So I like that. But that's a great point as well, George, in terms of his expertise in a position right now or an area where the Colts really do need a jolting considering it's still the highest paid offensive line going into next year. Yeah, I still have questions of left tackle. Is it going to be Bernard Ryman? We believe so, but we'll see how Chris Bauer does go and act in free agency. Right guard is still going to be a question as well, how they're going to address that. So, you know, they're going to make a trade. They're going to trade Ryan Kelly. This is going to be a very interesting offseason for the offensive line. We could see some pieces moved around. So it's, that's definitely going to be an area where actually it should be an area uh, of focus for sure. And I think Brian Callen having that experience along with knowing Peyton Manning, along with, you know, having a successful offense in Cincinnati, along with helping develop a young quarterback in Joe Burrow, kind of add it all up for me. He would kind of be uh, my number one target or my number one uh, candidate right now for the Colts. When you look at the list too overall, George, it's very interesting because we just kind of mentioned before the trend of offensive coordinators uh, being hired to be head coaches and and head coaches having um, mostly offensive background. Look at the Colts finalists or the seven finalists. You have just two guys out of the seven with a strict offensive background, Shane Syke and Brian Callahan. You mentioned uh, Raheem Morris's offensive background. It's not like a, it's not going to be a Matt Patricia situation, even though he's had most of his experience on the defense. He definitely has more experience offensively than a guy like Matt Patricia. So it wouldn't just be totally, you know, a new language to him, but you have Avero, you have, 
Queen Camardale, Raheem Morris, obviously all coming up on the defensive side. Uh, Rich Passaccia having more of a special teams background. And Jeff Saturday, I guess we could say offensive background since he played center, but again, he's more of a CEO role in general. So you have two offensive-minded coaches. You have three four, three uh, defensive-minded uh, – sorry, the, the math here is not great. I apologize. Three defensive-minded head coaches or candidates, one special teams, and then we'll say one Jeff Saturday. And there as well, it's an interesting mix – and it goes to the back to what Chris Ballard said at the end of the season. They're going to cast a wide net. The background doesn't matter. They're going to try to get the best overall candidate. doesn't matter what side of the ball they're on. And I'd say so far he's he's accomplishing that promise that he made. Yeah, well, and even, you know, in terms of like age, because the other thing is not just offensive-minded yes. head coaches. It's, it's really young guys. You know, 40 is old right now, it feels like, uh, for a head coach in a lot of these places. But you see him bring in a guy like Don Martindale, you know, who's, I think – I think he's in his mid fifties. Um, I think Basachi is the oldest. I want to say he's either is 60 or soon will be, um, you know, th th there's been no, there's been no limits kind of put on any area of this that I can see the background hasn't mattered. Experience hasn't mattered. Um, age hasn't mattered. And, and that's, again, it's what Chris Ballard told us after the season is what he said he was going to do. He's going to go out there and he's going to cast the widest net possible. He's going to bring in a, a ton of candidates uh, and he wasn't going to be concerned about, you know, what their bio reads. He was going to be concerned about what they bring to the team. Uh, along those lines, I think the one guy that that we didn't mention who does kind of fit what the rest of the league's doing right now is Shane Steichen, you know, young offensive coordinator. And I think the case that you can make for him is what they've been able to do with Jalen Hurts, building that offense to his strengths. You know, a, a lot of people had questions about Hurts coming out of Alabama whether or not he was going to throw the ball well enough to be effective in the league. And here he is, I think, the youngest quarterback in, in Eagles history to lead them to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think that's, as you're going into a rookie quarterback, that's something that you could definitely lean on and, and say, okay, look, he's going to build around this guy's strengths. Um, that's, when, when we talk with Dane Brugler, I think that's maybe one of the most important elements for this coaching staff. You know, all these guys coming out in this draft, no matter who it is you you prefer, are going to need that kind of support. They're going to need somebody who can kind of scheme to, to what they do best. And I think you could make a case that Steichen has demonstrated that maybe the best out of this group. So, and you could go down probably all seven of them and make a decent case like that. I mean, Basaccia, what he did with the Raiders in his interim yeah. run was outstanding. I think he's the only interim coach in NFL history to get a team to the playoffs. You know, that's a pretty good piece on your resume. Martindale, is on the other side of the ball, but he has a little bit of Bruce Arians flavor to his career and the, the yeah. way he's come up, you know, and I think sort of his attitude, his mentality is, is kind of along those lines as well. Um, so, you know, I think you could pretty much just pluck one of these guys out and make a case for them um, based on, you know, either their background or the fact that the owner loves them. So I think that it's, it's one of the things that makes it really interesting when you look at this group, because it, we were talking about when there were like four teams left in the playoffs, all these one, all these teams you could envision winning the Super Bowl. Same way now with these seven candidates. I think you can easily envision any one of them being named the head coach. I would still be shocked if Jeff Saturday is named the head coach. I think that the second most shock worthy of the seven, I would say, is uh, Wink Martindale. With that said, though, George, if he's hired outside of probably Mike Vrabel, I don't think there'll be a more intimidating head coach roaming the sidelines than Wink Martindale with his tight, 
tight long sleeve shirt, cut off sweatshirt to show the guns. Tell you, for an older man, that guy I think would beat the crap out of almost any like if any if we had a brawl, almost similar to the way the the 49ers and Eagles game kind of went down late there in the end when you kind of had almost had a benches clearing brawl. Look, outside again, outside of Mike Vrabel, I don't think there's going to be a tougher, more intimidating head coach roaming the sidelines than than Wink Martindale. I don't know how many wins it's going to get you, but at least <laughs> at least you'll look good on the sideline, look intimidating. That is for sure. Holy, so cow, he's he's the, is he the Dan Campbell candidate in this cycle? Then is, is that I what you're so. saying? I think so. That's a that's actually I forgot about Dan Campbell. That's a tough one. Dan Campbell or Wink Martindale, who'd win in a fight? Probably Dan Campbell is a little more energy, I would guess, just because that guy drinks like what eight coffees, uh, eight, oh, eight yeah. like XL coffees a day. But and he eats and he bites kneecaps. That's true. That's true. You, you can't win when you have no knees left. So you're probably right. Mm-hmm. So maybe third on the list, but still, that that's 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 something for the Colts. Where look, Frank Reich was a, a gentleman. That's for sure. No one was looking at Frank Reich on the, on the other sideline saying, "Oh boy, that's a scary man. I got to deal with here." So at least you'll win. Win the sideline uh, stare down, if you, if you will, there with, with Wink Barndale. But all right, so the official Blue Horseshoe podcast predictions. You are going Raheem Morris is the next Colts head coach. I will go Brian Callahan, the Colts' next head coach. Uh, interviews should be wrapping up this week. Like I said, I think, it, I think it's a good point, George, made uh, as well. Either we're getting, we'll get a decision by Sunday or probably a decision next Monday. It won't be during Radio Row Week. Uh, I think you're right about that. So I'll probably guess. At this point, you want to get it over with and maybe get it, you know, at least out there, maybe hold the press conference till like a week and a half or after the Super Bowl. I would guess my prediction, even though we got the first one wrong timeline-wise, so why not go back? And like I said, we, we're batting a 1,000 on these predictions, so let's just keep on going and keep swinging. I will say by Sunday, we have a, a Colts head coach uh, named. Um, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a decent idea. I, I really do because you figure the, that last interview is going to be done – maybe Thursday, Friday at the latest. Uh, and then you got a couple days there to, to think it over and, and make a decision. And you have to believe even with seven finalists, they came in with a front runner. They came in with an idea of where they were going to go and what each candidate had to say or do during the process to win it. So yeah, you know, why not? I, I'm all in to, to, to miss another one of these. Why not? Let's go with Sunday. for the <laughs> deadline. I love it, George. Keep swinging. Keep on. We can't hit a home runs if you don't take a swing. That is for sure. Eventually, we'll get some of these predictions right.